Hi, and welcome to another episode of How to Sell Drugs, a podcast about drug culture, policy, and business with an emphasis on harm reduction. This is intended for educational purposes only, and today we are joined by Ben Witte, founder and CEO of Recess, which we're actually consuming right now. Thank you for bringing the samples. Yeah, my pleasure. It's great to be here. Thanks. So uh, for those who may not be familiar with you or Recess, would you kind of do a brief description of your background and how you got here? So um, thanks again for having me. Um, So a bit about my background. Uh, I grew up in Southern California uh, in a little beach town. Uh, I was kind of a surfer and a creative in high school. I was really into uh, making movies specifically, but art and design broadly. and thought I was going to study film in, in, in college, uh, but ended up studying business. Um, I'm 31, uh, and so I graduated in 2010, right when kind of Silicon Valley uh, was emerging and kind of the startup culture there. And always kind of, and was attracted to kind of what was happening there. And so decided I wanted to graduate and work for a startup. Uh, my first job out of college was a, a three-person startup uh, called True Anthem, and we were building an influencer marketing platform and social media. So it was one of these things was like the right idea at the wrong time uh, and wrong execution. Like we launched on MySpace to give you a sense of where the world was. But it was a great first experience because in the very early days of kind of social media kind of emerging, I got to really think about how brands were building themselves uh, online and in a social media driven world. And additionally, kind of what a startup was and what mistakes not to make, frankly. Uh, from there, I joined another kind of marketing technology company called AdRoll, um, which kind of pioneered retargeted ads. It was a different type of experience. I was there from 10 people to something like six to 700 people, had a bunch of interesting roles uh, in the company, um, but kind of always knew I wanted to start my own company and always knew my kind of passions uh, and strengths were more around kind of consumer experiences. And I kind of just ended up in advertising technology by accident. It wasn't very of a deliberate choice. And so kind of quit my job one day and kind of set out on my own uh, before I started working on recess. Um, I was working on a different idea, which was actually like a hotel concept, which I won't spend too much time on. But decided to table that. And, you know, long story short, I moved to New York um, about two years ago um, and joined two friends actually at a firm called Life Capital. And the, and the idea was to incubate businesses and invest in businesses. And that's where I came up with the idea for recess. I had heard about CBD, um, and I've kind of always been a naturally kind of wired, hyper-anxious, ADD-like person. Um, And so when I heard about CBD, I started using it on myself um, to see if it helped me feel kind of more balanced, more even-keeled throughout my day. Um, And when I started using it regularly, uh, I found it to be very effective, and I I felt better. Uh, And the way I describe the experience is just feeling more calm, better able to you know, adapt to the daily stresses that life kind of throws at you. Um, and I really viewed it as like kind of a productivity enhancer, which was like one of those key, I think a key insight for recess, which was like, I thought everyone was getting the positioning uh, of the ingredient wrong. But through that experience, just had like a number of basic insights. The first was like, I'm not the only one that feels this way. Um, you know, feeling kind of overwhelmed, off-center by modern day society, whether it's for due to technology or politics or news or, or you name it there's clearly something going on, um, which kind of inspired that one of our taglines and antidote to modern times. Um, and the second insight was that the compound CBD itself was very interesting to me, but the applications uh, to date were clearly not it. Oils, tinctures, gummies, vaporizers were not very mainstream, in my opinion. And consuming CBD in an oil form just was obviously not a great user experience. Like people are not gonna walk around with like a jar of CBD oil in their bag and put a couple drops into their tongue multiple times a day. I don't think that's great. But the way to think about CBD is a compound no different than like caffeine or whey protein. And that the value is gonna be created by like infusing it in the right type of formulations, like an obvious one was like a ready to drink beverage uh, and creating kind of the brand and positioning uh, of on top of it. And just like, you know, Red Bull didn't focus on marketing caffeine and taurine, they focused on Red Bull gives you wings and they don't call it the you know, the caffeine category, they call it the energy category. The way to view CBD was like a compound that enabled a feeling, right? Um, and so that was like a pretty, also a, a key insight. Um, 
The third was that, you know, um, basically I, I looked at the beverage and it was one of these things that never even occurred to me to look at CPG or like a beverage or the beverage space to start a company, company in. But the more time kind of spent uh, looking at it, it was like a couple things. Like the first is like this is the most brand driven category on the planet uh, due to the frequency of kind of use and purchase. Yet no one's actually very good at marketing anymore. And that even the most successful recent beverage companies succeeded despite being not great at marketing, in my opinion. What would be some examples? Like LaCroix. Like LaCroix is a name, not a brand. Like it doesn't sure. stand for every, anything. There's no like clear mission or purpose behind it. Um, you know, I think the same could be said about the coconut water companies, or the kombucha companies. Like they're solid brands, um, but no one is actually building brands anymore like Red Bull did, like Coca-Cola did, like Gatorade did. So what is recess? tell people about you as a consumer of recess mm -hmm. what do people get that what is that signal or what is, what is the intention um in terms of like the value proposition or like what the brand stands for well both what the brand stands for but also i guess i'm interested uh, also in like badge value right like yeah you know people like starbucks is one of these things where yeah. like people have their starbucks and that says i don't know what it's supposed to say but yeah. to me it says like i've got my shit together enough that i was able to spend extra time getting to work because I had yeah. to wait in line for a long time. I think there's like, you know, before I get to, to that question, I mean, the way I think about the brand is just like Red Bull focused on kind of the action sports community to create the association with having a role at Red Bull and getting stimulated and Gatorade focused on professional athletics to create the association with having a Gatorade and getting that kind of fitness recovery value proposition. We're focused on creatives. So music, fashion, art, design, internet culture, is kind of the communities like we are uh, integrating into and kind of cultivating. And I think the brand is very much meant to be, is I buy creatives for creatives brand. Uh, I, I look at recess as like a design company in many ways. Um, and so I think when you're holding a recess, I think there's like a thoughtfulness to it. Like I look at why recess is working is it's like a complete thought, like every component of the user experience kind of works together to like, deliver our mission like I don't look at recess as a beverage company I don't remotely look at us as a CBD company I think recess is like a new type of consumer wellness brand we create products uh, like this sparkling water and experiences like you know so far like our website our Instagram recess IRL our retail experience all the events we do um, and they are of equal importance it's not like the Instagram exists just to sell this drink like it's a product in its own right um, and that's kind of where we're going but they work together like to you know deliver on our mission which is to help people feel balanced centered and inspired so they can be their most productive and creative self despite an increasingly stressful world and so i look at i wanted to use this sparkling water to establish the idea of having a recess uh, but there are many recess or types of recess we're going to create moving forward some you consume in your body others you consume in your mind can you elaborate on what kind of recess i would consume in my mind I think like I would like, you know, one thing that's inspired the, our Instagram strategy and content and general vibe was like, I've tried to meditate like off and on for, for years, like using Headspace and Calm and- So boring. I know, so boring. <laughs> and I never really, it never really stuck with me, right? Uh, but for me, meditation is like sitting on my couch, listening to music, thinking, mm -hmm. right? It's more of using like creativity and like various visual and, you know, different types of sensual experiences to help me like, get to a certain state. And so you could see us creating many types of digital experiences, um, which are interesting in many different ways and potentially effective, right? There's no, I don't look at, I think the only other brands that have like a similar mission to us are like Calm and Headspace, mm -hmm. um, even though they're very different, but we're using, you know, the, the, I think that, you know, a, a key insight is that like this product and this platform that we're building and beverage in general is one of the best you know, pro like types of businesses to create other businesses on top of uh, because, of, again, of the frequency of use and purchase. Like we can go invest in like lots of interesting things that we don't need to monetize. Like, So that sounds to me, um, I, I and I want to explore the uh, idea of an antidote to modern times, but in, in some ways it's almost like an anti-Red Bull yeah. that you're describing. So, you know, Red Bull being a... Uh, fast-moving consumer packaged good that they then leveraged into becoming a media company, mm -hmm. which is all about adrenaline. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it almost sounds like you're doing uh, the counterpoint to that and yep. that yours is all about 
relaxation, not not necessarily to the point of uh, you know being yeah. super sedated and comatose, yeah, yeah, but yeah, just yeah. relaxing. I think that's actually a key. So one of the things I say is that you one of the things you'll notice is we've never used the word relax ever in any copy. Oh, sorry about no, that. No, no, I know, no. It's like, it's, <laughs> but it's an important. So like the thinking is, it's like, it's of like that's the general word you could use to use it, but we in, specifically don't use that word. Because what we're focused on is like balance, sure, and like which I think is different than relaxation. The way I think about this is like no one actually aspires to relax. Like if you tell someone to relax, that's kind of an insult, right? Right. What you aspire to do is feel like balanced, feel even keeled, feel calm, cool, collected, which is our tagline, Mm -hmm. which is like I think the right medium of both these things, right? And so the idea is like I really view recess like a productivity company Mm -hmm. uh, in many ways, and the idea is like. You can't be creative or productive if you're stressed out, anxious, or overly stimulated. Mm-hmm. Uh, take a recess to reset and rebalance so you can get into that kind of state of flow, so to speak. So it's interesting that you say flow because that's what I was thinking about. It seems like that's where you guys and Red Bull could potentially meet in the middle yeah. because all these extreme sports are designed, so I understand. I'm, I'm yeah. not an extreme sport guy. I, uh, I'm not brave enough, but... Uh, they enter the state of flow because they have to be so focused on the task at hand. And that's kind yep. of the sensation that a lot of these athletes are thinking, but meditation and all these things are, are other routes to achieving that, yes. that flow state. That reminds me of that book. Uh, was it something about su- superhuman in the title? Yeah. It's about uh, the flow state. Oh, you know I know you're talking, talking about? I know you're talking about. Yeah. Well, we'll, uh, yeah. we'll follow up and try to figure out the exact title, but so in, in antidote to modern times, and, you know, you came across this through your own personal experimentation, which is interesting. That's what we see a lot of entrepreneurs in the space doing. I mean, it's what we've done with Lucy is creating a product to solve a problem that you have yourself. Mm-hmm. Can you describe uh, what you were thinking or how you felt when you uh, experienced uh, CBD in, in the way that you imagined yeah. probably everybody else should? Well, the you know, fastering today, the, the joke I say is like, I wouldn't have been able to start recess without recess itself. Right. And so, uh, you know, when I first started experimenting with CBD, what I felt was again, more balanced, more even keeled and mm-hmm. better able to like adapt to the daily stresses that life throws at you. I think it was, a, I think it, CBD is the next caffeine, but it's very different than caffeine in the sense that it doesn't have this like immediate, like stimulation effect, which I think, I think the subtlety of CBD is the, our, its biggest strength, which is probably what most people don't think but like um i just noticed that when i started using it regularly as well as adaptogenic herbs which are also included in recess it's not just hemp extract um um i just was less generally anxious right and like i was better like you know it's at that time i was like really searching for what i wanted to do with my life Mm -hmm. um and you know, at the early stages of recess, um, we're starting the company like it was, uh, you know, stressful. And I and I, I think, you know, taking CBD regularly made me less stressed. And but again, the, the word I like to use is like balance. And I think that's what I felt. Interesting. And so did you consume caffeine? Yeah. Or do I, you I, consume I, caffeine? Yes. I, I have an iced coffee every morning. Gotcha. Um, and I usually, you know, most afternoons I'll also have one. So mm-hmm. I think. I actually think CBD and caffeine works very well together. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I have a you know recess and a nice coffee, I feel less jittery, mm-hmm. and I think we'll, we're definitely going to explore that in the future, mm-hmm. like CBD plus caffeine. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, that's uh, that's kind of what you see with uh, some of these caffeinated beverages using L-theanine mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, uh, there's L-theanine in recess too. Oh, that's, is there? Yep. So I yeah, got to be more cautious about what I'm putting into my body. Yes, Not that really I have any should. issues with these. I, it's just I trust you so implicitly. <laughs> there it is, L-theanine. You're right. Um, okay, so let's talk uh, a little bit about the business side of things. So uh, you were at uh, Life Capital, was it? Yeah, that was, yes. That okay, was the and then you were having something like, uh, you know, a mid-late 20s existential crisis. For sure. Self-medicating with CBD <laughs> and thought, why doesn't everybody do this? And... How did you go about formulating, raising capital, you know, getting to, uh, you know, getting to the place where you are now? And I'm going to, I'm going to cut you off before you get all the way to uh, where you are today because, but, uh, how did you get started? Yeah. Um, it was pretty crazy. We literally had no idea how to, you know, how this beverage industry worked or how to make a beverage. 
first thing well first thing we did was even before we started working on the product we started working on the brand at the same time interestingly um and and so i i that like, makes sense yeah, yeah yeah no so it's like the idea was like cb sparkling water that was it um did you like Lacroix or any of these yeah uh, i mean i think they, yeah they were for sure like inspired like that and I, it was the i you know we could have added it to any type of drink in theory right could have been cbd kombucha could have been cbd anything but yeah we no, found I, sparkling water is like the fastest is it you know what makes sense right it's, now it's a good category yep. i mean it's it's definitely something you could put stuff into we we sometimes joke around the office um because as a nicotine gum we say you know why would you ever chew regular gum? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You could have some extra yeah, stuff functional, yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, anyways. But anyways, that's besides the point. Um, so literally went on Google and searched like beverage formulator. Originally hired this m- major company that like worked with Starbucks and like Dr. Pepper. That's like a formula, like a formulation company. Sure. And after about two weeks, I decided like this is not for me. Uh, like we, I want to be like in the lab. You didn't sign a contract. Yeah, we did sign a contract, you? and we. Uh, that's actually you just wrote it off. No, I yeah, just wrote it off. There's been a couple things that have happened like that throughout the history of recess where it's like, if it's not feeling right, just I'm going to write it off. Guts to cut yep, kind of thing. Yeah, wow. okay. it's happened a couple times. Wow. Um, and let them go. Had done some work on the brand in the early days with Gin Lane. I worked with Gin Lane on establishing like the brand identity. Um, so we came out with the name and some of the initial concept for the packaging. And they helped me focus on like the essence of... I'd say like the brand positioning. Uh, but again, the brand got ahead of the product because we started both at the same time. Sure. And long story short, through I met through a friend, uh, someone up in the Hudson Valley who basically created, like he had a business creating syrup. So you'd add to like cocktails and like sparkling water, like a flavored syrup. Oh, I'm like, okay. you know how to make flavors. Like, do you want to work on this drink with me? Sure. And so I went up to Beacon, New York uh, every weekend uh, by myself for eight months and I created recess with him how far away it's like a two-hour train yeah gotcha um and so we just hacked like at the early days there was no you know even back then there was no concept of water soluble cbd Mm -hmm. right so I started out by calling hemp farms in Kentucky Mm -hmm. I'm like how do you put well oil doesn't dissolve in water so we Mm -hmm. have to use something else sure and there's been so much innovation uh over time on on the ingredient itself and all the applications that are obvious fits for it we ended up you know I talked to every you know, person in this space and ended up founding uh, a, a great partner there. But it just, we just hacked on this. I know, you know, bar, I barely did any user testing uh, before anyone, before we launched. So, you know, I'm, I'm very familiar um, with uh, product formulation mm-hmm. because of Soylent and yep. Lucy and all these things. And, you know, one of the uh, kind of amusing um, kind of uh, stories that lots of like founders like to reminisce uh, about is how when you're going through this uh, process that you have to try so many different things because you're trying to increase your throughput. Yes. So you're trying to try all these things. Did you ever get to a point where you took so much CBD that uh, you thought maybe this is too much CBD? No. Um, not real. Actually, no. Um, I've never felt like I've taken too much CBD, and I probably drink like six, seven recess a day. Um, but... Um, I will say that like, you know, formulating is very interesting because it's like a puzzle. Like I had like five like key attributes I was like optimizing for. Um, I wanted to be four to five. I want to obviously taste amazing and like deliver the intended effect. That's the, like the meta point, but I wanted to be four to five grams of sugar, shelf stable, um, at, uh, you know, at a certain price point, uh, like the unit economics had to work. Sure. Um, and uh, I think those are the, the main. And three. four to five grams of sugar is simply because you don't want to go too much above that. Just because yeah, that'd be too I wanted much sugar. to be yeah, I wanted to feel guilt free, where you could drink a couple of them a day. But I don't think that has to be zero. I think guilt free was like what I was optimizing for. Sure. Yeah. I mean, people put you know sugar yeah. in their coffee, that kind of thing. There's a certain amount of sugar that yeah. is cost of doing business in this world. Yes. My, but I think the day. funniest part is like. We got like literally, I think a month before we launched, we got like the nutrition facts back and it was like 10 grams of sugar. And we had, I was like this, I, this is like, I'm, I feel strongly about this. Like we had to be like yeah. in the four to five gram. And we basically redesigned the entire process and came up with a key innovation 
than how recess is made, which I can't, I won't describe. Oh, come but on. You can't say that. There's a reason it tastes <laughs> like sweeter than it does. Um, and, uh, but because of like, are there any kind of sweeteners or no, anything it's all, like that? All, it's all from, there's a little, t- a tiny bit of added sugar, but it's all not, it's all from the fruit itself. Interesting. There's none of that like fake sugar, you know, these plate, these brands that say they have zero grams of sugar, but it's like using yeah. one of those ingredients. Yeah. Oh, it's, but uh, it's awesome. like formulations. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's a huge pain. Very important. I mean, all the all the business aspects are, are always a huge pain. But uh, so so meanwhile, while you're making these trips to Beacon, you're also working with Gin Lane, which is um, a yeah marketing Jin. agency based in New York City, which is uh, known to have a very positive reputation. Um, also known to potentially be expensive. Mm-hmm. So, did you raise money? Uh, in order to talk to them? Did you put in personal savings or? Mm-hmm. So I worked with Jin. So yes, we put in a little bit of money at the beginning, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the partners in Life Capital and I, uh, personally, and we didn't raise any outside capital. Um, and that was for the initial, like developing the brand identity. And then what happened is that, again, the brand got ahead of the product. Mm-hmm. And so I paused working with Jin Lane to finish the product because yeah. I didn't have any packaging to design. Sure. Um, and by that time, um, I, it made sense to go in a different direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found two friends that now live here, Ryan, this guy, Ryan Harmon and Spencer Madsen, who, who were freelancers at the time um, and now have an agency called Day Job. But we worked together uh, on, final, on, on the brand and the brand positioning. And then I worked with another group uh, called The Couch uh, mm-hmm. on the website user experience. So I'm very involved in the brand um, and you know, both were very, very young, kind of two were freelancers and or two very, very young agencies. Like mm-hmm. where, where I was like the first client, effectively. Sure. sure. Um, which I think is actually something I think is important. I yeah. think like finding undervalued talent is like probably the most important thing in a startup, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, I mean, finding undervalued everything because yeah. you're super capital constrained. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's super interesting. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. And then. Um, and then one, on more, one more on the team, I'm just while we're talking about it, um, yeah. I brought on um, and a guy who's an advisor who the only guy I knew that worked in CPG um, was this guy named Simon, um, who had been kind of spent 25 years like kind of in general management. CBG was CEO of a nutrition bar company that he that he actually sold uh, before joining recess. And when I was ready to commercialize the product and kind of go into production, so to speak and think about manufacturing and launching the business, uh, he came on as uh, our COO. Um, so Simon and I, and then some freelancers until we launched. And so we, we launched exactly six and a half months ago, and it was me and my apartment and Simon in Boise, Idaho, when we launched. That's awesome. And you guys had a very successful launch, and you guys are uh, in a lot of locations in New York, and you guys also have uh, one of the things that I saw about you uh, in the press was you guys have a really interesting kind of uh, concept retail experience. Mm-hmm. Um, what made you uh, decide to go that route so quickly? I mean, you've only been launched for six months. You're already doing kind of uh, concept pop-up retail experience. What drove mm-hmm. that? Um, well, my intention from day one was always to be as omnichannel as possible is what I like to say. Um, I think the right distribution strategy for beverage due to, again, the fact that it's a daily habit product. Um, like I think I w- people are drink recess, like they have coffee and right. And so the right distribution strategy is to make that product available everywhere eventually. Sure. Uh, I purposely only launched kind of online uh, off of our own website for two reasons. Uh, the first is that I wanted consumers first interaction with our brand to be the website and our Instagram, because that's what kind of conveys the emotion, the mission, the purpose, and the feeling of the brand. Um, the first line on the website and the first line on the back of the can is like, we can a feeling, right? And that's what I actually think we're in the business of, like creating feelings. Um, and when you drink a recess, like the perceived effect of drinking it is a combination of like the efficacy of the functional ingredients and how they interact with you individually, uh, but arguably equally importantly is your expectation about what they're going to do to you and your intention, which derives from like the brand and the the messaging that we deliver. 
right? And I think that's another key insight here is like, we don't market the ingredient, we market the solution. Everyone else in CBD is like slapping CB on the label and it's selling now because we're in a CBD mania, but ultimately it's just gonna fade to the back and it's gonna be like, you know, I really believe in like the jobs to be done framework. Consumers hire a brand to do a job, right? And especially when you're, you know, selling a feeling, so to speak, like how you position and talk about it's very important. Um, so anyways, that was the first reason why I wanted consumers first interaction with the brand to be our website. Um, the second was that I wanted to kind of create the buzz, the leverage and the buzz to go offline. Uh, so I purposely launched in New York and not California for a couple of different reasons. The first is that I wanted to establish the recess, even though I'm from California, conventional wisdom was like launch recess in California. Right. Um, but I think I wanted to establish the brand outside of the kind of marijuana echo chamber, so to speak, and not be labeled a cannabis company. Uh, and I look at recess as like, you know, a consumer wellness brand. And, you know, I know a lot of cannabis companies will refer to themselves as that. But I think it's important to kind of separate yourself from that. And the second is that I think New York's just the best place to launch consumer products and brands because, you know, it's you because of its, you know, how condensed it is it's very easy to get like velocity. And I think it's where kind of culture is created today. Um, and so, you know, I wanted New York City to be our first kind of offline market. Um, and then look, it just kind of, you know, it just exploded. We did like 40 times our first month's projected sales. We had, you know, 4,000 back orders after, you know, 30, 45 days. And- So how did you deal with the back order situation? <laughs> it was, it was kind of a disaster, right? We were working <laughs> with a very small co-packer um, and who, who I, on, on purpose, uh, who just wasn't able to keep up. And we just had to very quickly, you know, basically we're, we're, and he was a partner in the business. That was another key decision we did. Well, we didn't just like outsource to like a third party co-packer who was just like, you know, the, he had an equity stake in the business. He was a real partner in the business. Uh, which ended up working out very well when shit hit the fan in a positive way. Yeah. Uh, but he had an incentive He's to go all in. motivated to, yeah. to keep working. And yeah. so it was just figuring out how to scale uh, our capacity and production as fast as possible. Um, and that's kind of been it um, over the past, you know, six and a half months. Okay. So retail space. Oh, retail space. Why? Sorry. Um, it goes back to that idea of like, I think we're, you know, we're really marketing a feeling. Um, and I wanted to create an experience in New York that felt like you were walking into our Instagram, that felt like you were walking into the feeling that I want you to feel when you, you drink a can of recess, right? So that was the first reason. It was just like a branded experience. The second was that um, I wanted to kind of create an, like a space where people could come like take a recess. Um, so in the back area, there's kind of the, the stores almost like divided in half. In the front, we have refrigerators and we do sampling. You can buy recess in the back as this like, kind of um it feels like kind of like a james terrell like art exhibit but it's like all these like dim blue lighting and we like invented these chairs which you can lay on in a number of different ways um and people during the day come back there and kind of chill out take a recess from the crazy day in new york and then the most important reason is for uh these events we do we do three to four events a week uh, with various kind of brand partners and creative partners um we've done everything from kind of painting workshops to ASMR exhibits uh, to bumble mixers to panels like you name it we're doing IRL events and so we're trying to create experiences for people to come like get out of their own head so to speak um, and that so the reason we did the store is purely because of marketing I don't really care about the sales from it even though they were much better than I thought they would be but the real reason is like the branded experience uh, that it creates um, and our ability to work and collaborate with various partners got it yeah that's super interesting and that that makes a ton of sense because you see uh companies like casper mm -hmm. opening up stores so that people can try out the product because yep. it's relatively compared to a can of recess an expensive product yep. and so you might have a certain class of consumers that wants to lie on the mattress before they purchase and maybe that's kind of your next opportunity for growth yeah. to, to access those customers but for a fast moving yes consumer product it's uh it seems like it's got to be more of a marketing cost and the only thing that i would um wish to understand um although i, I might know the answer before i ask is 
how do you decide whether the marketing expense is worth it? Because you can't really attribute uh, yeah. too much of a lift from yeah. that marketing expenditure. So, you know, how do you talk to, how do you think about it yourself? I think you have to just appreciate what this category is like very unique compared to other like D to C categories, right? Uh -huh. And the fact that, again, the goal is to sell people many recess a day, not one product a year, right? If you think about that, like if you think about your, if you're, if you're running marketing for Casper, you're optimizing for someone buying a mattress every 10 years, right? I'm trying to drive people because our strategy is to be on the channel and that the recess is all around you. And in New York City, we have close to 2,000 accounts already, mm -hmm. retailers. So it's really all about brand awareness and keeping the brand top of mind. Mm -hmm. And so I don't, I haven't spent really any time like optimizing our funnel, anything like that. We have done no paid advertising, no influencer marketing. It's all around kind of content and experiences designed for people to engage deeply with and share. And so like the key metric for, for that I pay attention to honestly is the number of Instagram shares we get a day. Sure. Like, and, and I know recess IRL is working because people are walking in there and taking incredible pictures of themselves and people are taking pictures of the can and like, it's something you can feel not measure. And so, I mean, you can measure some of these things like inbound wholesale, like your store velocity stuff. But like, I really think for consumer brands, it's more of a feeling like, and you know, it's working when it is. Sure. So that makes sense. I mean, because with the with the shares, you uh, you can back out a CPM based on what the reach of those Instagrams is to some extent. I don't know if you had a hurdle rate in mind when you launched the experience. It sounds like probably not. But certainly there is some amount of money that you yeah. would spend on this experience where you would say it's too yeah. much. So how do, how do you... You know, that, I, I think that's fair. Like, I, So the first thing I did was only signed a two-month lease. Right. Okay. So it was an experiment. It was I literally woke up one morning and I was like, I think we should have like a space or well, well the other taking a step back at the time, the company was based in my apartment. Right. right? And we were looking for an office. Right. And the original idea was like, OK, let's get a space. There's all this like empty retail in New York. We need an office. And I think a space that you could walk into that was like an art exhibit would be dope. Sure. So I called up my friend Fritz, who's 24 years old, who's like a carpenter and like knows how to make shit. And I was like, do you want to come look at space with me? Cool. And we started looking at space in like the East Village and almost got close on one and decided no. And then took this space on Broadway and Great Jones. And the thinking on that was like, well, this is at the very least, this is a billboard on Broadway. If mm -hmm. you just looked at it as a billboard on Broadway, you could arguably justify the expense. Another right? way to calculate the, yeah, exactly. the CPM. Sure. And it was like the original plan was to have our office in the back, which is where that chill area is and the retail part in the front and it just started moving too fast i'm like we're not we're not going to fit in here <laughs> and and so when did you launch that retail experience in february like february 1st so like three months after so you had it and you had a two-month lease are you guys still there yeah we extended it because it's been working so well Got it. and so now we're going to open recess irl in every city so we're going to open one in la when we launch oh, here nice well um, is it going to be uh Close to I think it'll be around side? here. I think it'll be around here. Yeah, it's oh, more the recess. Vibe. Don't don't do the west side. No, I'm definitely man. not it's doing the west too side. Much, it's too far to travel, and I want <laughs> I want to be able to have a recess during my work day. That's awesome. Okay, um, so then it sounds like expansion into other cities with your in real life uh, mm -hmm. location uh, experiences will be important. Mm -hmm. Working to get the product to uh, as many other. When you say accounts, I mean, what, what kind of, uh, are you talking about yeah. convenience? Are we talking about a grocery store? Yeah, yeah. How does that all work? So the first, the most interesting learning from recess to date is that people drink recess at every waking hour of the day. There's some people that drink it when they get up in the morning uh, to start their day calm. There's others that drink it before they go to bed. Mm -hmm. uh, it works very well in kind of a, it was designed for between 10 a.m. and 4 p.m. as a kind of a productivity enhancer use case. Mm -hmm. If you really like study the brand positioning, it's really focused on, that's the idea is like creativity, okay. taking recess to enable creativity. Mm -hmm. um, it works at fast casual restaurants. It works as a substitute for your two o'clock coffee. It works at people use it before they work out, after they work out. It works at a restaurant. It works at a bar as a substitute for alcohol. It works as a mixer. It's really interesting because it works literally everywhere. And most drinks are more, much more confined in mm -hmm. terms of their relevant use cases. And as a result, their consumption occasions. Like 
you're not going to sell coconut water at a bar. Mm -hmm. doesn't really make a lot of sense. Right. Uh, but recess works there. So it's a long way of saying is like we want to be everywhere. And over time, you could see us developing specific SKUs for specific use cases. Mm -hmm. So you could see, again, like uh, a recess, which includes caffeine. Like I think cold brew coffee plus CBD is really interesting. You could see one designed specifically before bed. You could see a specific mixer designed like and so like recess is like this meta idea. And I think there's many different as I've shared, like many different kind of recesses to continue to create over time. Um, yeah. Got it. And so have you, since launching, gone any period of time in which you have not consumed recess or CBD? No. Uh, yeah, not more than a day. More right, than not, a, not, not more than a few days. Would you be pissed off if you ended up going on some weekend trip and then you discovered that you were fresh out that actually happened this past weekend um <laughs> yeah i was with my family and my mom was supposed to bring some and because i flew from new york and it didn't work out so uh, okay. but like i would say no it's interesting like i think you develop like this it really again it's different than like caffeine where you know it's very like an acute effect it's more of this like i think your body maintains it what's really interacting with is like your endocrinoid system which is like a nervous system which helps your body kind of maintain equilibrium and homeostasis and i think it like you know the more the more regularly you consume it the stronger that becomes right sure. um, and so i think it does last a while got it so you feel like you've been doing a good job uh, alleviating chronic stress so that you might have a higher stress tolerance in the short term and then you can go back to your regimen yeah. if you find yeah yeah that i i can understand that i guess uh well, let's talk about why people are so stressed for a second when you say antidote to modern times. Uh, balanced, centered, inspired. That makes sense. I would probably want to be that all of the time <laughs> anyway. But antidote to modern times. What about modern times is so stressful from your perspective? I think it's just like the rate of change uh, happening in the world that we like aren't con like naturally in a position to like be able to comprehend and deal with. In many ways, I think it's not as crazy as we think it is, and a lot of it is in our head. Um, but I think it's a confluence of factors. I think that a primary one is, you know, technology and our phones specifically, and all of the um, kind of second-order effects uh, that they create in terms of our expectations, our always seeking kind of dopamine hits, our you know, comparing ourselves to others because of social media, you know. The, how news has transformed, all of these things. I think that's kind of the main factor. Do you have any other personal habits aside from drinking recess that you utilize to try to alleviate that? I mean, again, I like I, I like to spend a lot of time. I, I like to spend a decent amount of time by myself, like thinking. Like mm -hmm. I honestly like I, like my meditation practice is like sitting in my apartment pacing around sometimes like thinking listening to music sure and so it's not trying to turn off my mind but it's just trying to like take a step back sometimes and like think about what's happening in my life and what's happening in the world mm -hmm. um and so like it's important to me that i that i have that time sure. so that's like an example uh, of something um i also sense. think like creating uh is important um in many ways, I think recess is like about the creative process itself. Like that's what the brand is about. And we're going to do a lot of interesting things in terms of like decentralizing the brand, um, which I can speak to. Uh, but like, I think it's important to not just consume it, to create and like, a, a, and like, you know, play a role in society. Like I, and I honestly believe that. And like, I think so much of the time because of social media, we're just scrolling the entire time of, instead of adding interesting things to it you know hopefully it's not just selfies but sure. i think creating is another way i deal with it got it and so when you said you could speak more to the decentralization that sounds almost like crypto to me yeah, what are you no, talking it's about not that it's like more like this idea that like you know recess we're really focused on the design community like i wanted when i was building a brand I was like i want the person i was speaking to i wanted to speak to first was like a creative director a graphic designer like that's who that was like my initial like micro audience um and as a result uh, of that focus and like I think the brand and, and the company um, we have like a big following the design community and we think it's an interesting opportunity and people already are 
remixing the brand in many ways. They're doing photo, like interesting photo shoots with the can. They're creating interesting digital content. We've seen interesting paintings that having to do with the idea of recess. We get tagged in pictures all the time of someone seeing recess colors in the real world, like gra like graphic design. So we're gonna like create our website's gonna become much more of a kind of an editorial experience, like um, kind of a, a creative like for the creative community. Um, and you're gonna be able to like download like our entire like all of our brand assets and guidelines and like kind of create recess content if you if you'd like to yourself. And kind of we would feature it, and we think there's an interesting uh, idea there to kind of double down on our community. Got it. And it sounds like, and uh, forgive any uh, creatives who I may be labeling unfairly, but there is a stereotype of the creative or the artist throughout history as being particularly interested or willing to self-experiment using all sorts of chemicals, and. How does that play into recess? I mean, you, you mentioned that recess kind of almost goes well with with anything. Um, and obviously, CBD is uh, typically or historically consumed alongside uh, THC. So how do you feel about THC personally? Do you use it if mm -hmm. you feel comfortable sharing? Mm -hmm. Is that a future product direction? And then... I, I want to talk about uh, potential other drugs beyond that yeah. when you finish answering. I'm very open-minded to drugs. Um, I do use THC. Uh, recess will highly unlikely will ever touch it. Why? Because it's just two different businesses. Um, it's, you know, it, you start with distribution. Like, we, recess is designed to be sold in Target, Whole Foods, etc. I don't see THC products being sold there anytime soon. And so well, I look at that. about 10 years from now? Potentially 10 years from now, but until their, you know, THC is uh, able to be sold everywhere, uh, I, I think it's unlikely. And I think they're two different but equally interesting opportunities. I happen to think CBD is going to be much bigger than THC for one simple reason. Like, not everyone wants to be stoned all the time, but everyone wants to feel calm all the time. Sure. Just like a bigger addressable market. Um, but... Uh, if I could, I, I probably would experiment with it. I think of what recess is, is doing. There's like, there's, there's really not that many things in the world that make you feel something, right? You have like alcohol, you have like, you know, drugs of very, like, you know, compounds that are referred to as drugs uh, of, of many kinds. And I think there's this like interesting space emerging of, you know, nootropics, hemp extracts of various forms, botanicals, adaptogens, and even digital experiences that I think people are starting to play with to optimize their mentality. And I think we're in like day one of that, right? Uh, and I think there's gonna be many, many more uh, innovations here. And I think, you know, frankly, like I created this you know, formula and I'm not a scientist. Like I don't even approach this from like a biohacker mm -hmm. standpoint, sure. um, but we're gonna be investing a lot more in this mm -hmm. on both like, you know, formulations of various forms. Mm -hmm. um, Cause I think again, we're, we're in like day, day one of that. Early days, certainly, yeah. yeah. And so, you know, how do you guys feel about uh, either personally or potentially from a brand standpoint about some of these other drugs that are now starting to gain uh, more mainstream acceptance? An example would be the decriminalization of uh, psilocybin mm -hmm. in Denver and uh, recently, uh, maybe even today, proposed in Oakland. Uh, what, uh, what does that make you uh, think about? I'm very supportive uh, of that, um, and I think... Um, I've benefited from, uh, experiences, um, and I think it can help a lot of other people too. Um, and I think, I think it's different than something like CBD. I think all these things are, are, are different compounds that should be regulated differently. Like, I think it would probably be a mistake to like, just make psilocybin available, like in a CVS, sure. right? Uh, but I think it's definitely something we should figure out how to make available to others safely uh, and regulate and also understand specifically like how we can develop specific formulations for specific uh, you know issues that people are having. Got it. So it sounds like on the spectrum of prohibition, you're saying these things should be pushed uh, yes, for to sure. some extent in the opposite direction. Yeah. What about, do you feel like that for all drugs? I mean, what about like cocaine? Should cocaine be decriminalized? <laughs> um, probably not. 
Um, I haven't spent too much time thinking of, but I wouldn't consider myself like a full-on libertarian. Let people do everything they want to do. I think certain things are, you know, I don't think you get addicted to to psilocybin like you would to cocaine. Sure. Right? That's an important factor. Yeah, I don't think we see that. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it's not something you want to do every day, right? Mm-hmm. But I think there are. It is an experience that people should be able to to have at key inflection points in their life, mm-hmm. um, or on, on a regular basis. Uh, but I think something like cocaine or meth or opioids, um, due to their, um, you know, due to their you know addic- addictive qualities, uh, should be not as uh, easily accessible sure that makes sense and then when you talk about how you are now going to start looking at different SKUs, different potential formulations of recess how do you deal with or interact with appropriately the community that you've you guys have done a great job cultivating uh, and, and supporting uh, but like all communities there's not going to be a hundred percent agreement mm-hmm. all of the time and so you must have people who email you or shout at you from different social media platforms, you guys should make a keto version or yep. a whatever version. Yep. How do you take all that feedback into consideration? Yeah, um, we definitely get it. Um, you know, some people want zero sugar. It's like, of course, I'd love to. I'm going to make a zero sugar product. Just a question of when. Um, you know, we've we did we've done a few posts that are like solicit ideas for new flavors. Yeah. And we'll definitely incorporate these ideas into the next flavors we'll roll out, mm-hmm. um, which we're in the, you know, we're about to kind of begin the process of launching some new flavors. Um, I want I want twenty five milligrams of hemp protein in here. <laughs> that could that would that I mean that could be one, uh, as as like the protein you know the fitness sure. skew like but, um, I don't know like I'm, I'm more of the. Again, like I don't really believe that much in user insights i think i think it's um i'm not sure like it's very steve jobs approach yeah i th- i think uh, yeah we'll, we'll see where that where we go there hasn't been much to date i don't really think in like demographics and site like on marketing for example i don't really think in like demographics and psychographics i think in like but you did think about sparkling water as a growth industry it's true but like again because i just designed something i wanted to be honest <laughs> with you like sure um like it's just like I wanted something that tasted like you know, kind of like a sparkling tea kombucha, but also sparkling right. Like sure. I designed something that I thought tasted good that others would too, and I, that's how I think about the brand. I think if you try and like do too much user testing, you end up in the middle, which is nowhere. You never want to be in the middle, in my opinion. Like mm-hmm. you end in just it's the brand ends up standing for nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you ask people what they want, uh, you kind of gotta tell people what they want sometimes because they don't know what they want i mean you did say that you uh wanted to cater to uh the sort of creative directors Mm -hmm. of the world uh is that did you have an informal focus group based on your network or how did you know that you were achieving that i think i I mean i think instagram and i know you just like i like in the early days and i still follow like look at everyone that follows you like on instagram like mm-hmm. you'll learn so much about like what's who your audience and your customers are and the people that care enough about your brand to share it. Sure. Right. Um, and so that's how I knew it was working is mm-hmm. like Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely had, you know, focusing on creatives was, you know, made sense for a couple of different reasons. First, it's like who I think I knew the best, um, like because it was like a lot of my friends. Right. Like I think you design brands for yourself. Uh, is usually more effective than trying to design something for someone you can't relate to at all. Sure. The second was that, like, I I thought it was, like, a community that was, like, super high leverage and high influence in in Instagram, but no one is really speaking to them in an effective way, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And the third is that, like, given, like, the value proposition that we're kind of marketing, this idea of, like, getting into a flow state so you can be productive and creative, creative, you that if you want to focus on like allowing enabling people to be productive and creative you want to probably you know focus your content on people that are by definition productive and creative like if you're a creator that makes music that creates art that designs things that's an architect etc you're by definition productive and creative in my eyes right and so just like an athlete is to fit to gatorade right sure um and so that was kind of the thinking 
And then do you have brands that you look towards for inspiration or, or perhaps uh, yeah. more easily put brands that you think are, are doing a good job within their lanes? Yeah. Um, my favorite brand and I think the best marketer on the planet right now is uh, Virgil Abloh from Off-White. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he... It's been really not, effect- not wearing off whites. Uh, no, I don't wear. I don't. In I've fact, never actually bought any off whites, ironically, because I'm an entrepreneur. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> You're too expensive. Yeah. Is that the point? Um, but um, yeah, I think he does an amazing job at like he's always creating. Like he, the guy creates more than anyone I think on the planet right now. It's co- he's kind of cultivated like a creative collective of kind of partners. He's publishing the process uh, on social media. It's very kind of global and like city driven. It's very kind of drop and collection driven. He's DJing, he's making clothes, he's making art, he's making furniture, very multidisciplinary. So he is someone, and that's a brand that I really admire. You should reach out to him. I know, I haven't. I should. Uh, I will. Um, Well, I'm sure he's watching the show, so (laughs) Virgil. Hey, Virgil. Um, I like this brand Best Made a lot, um, which is this kind of like, call like high-end, like outdoor gear, like designer, like outdoor gear um and i love how they think about kind of creating kind of content um and profiling different uh people in different places um i love glossier i think glossier is an amazing brand in terms of the the makeup company you use a bunch of their products i never use their products but i respect like how they've again i like brands that have like a very clear mission and purpose a very clear kind of community they're they're speaking to that focus on creating kind of end to end like omnichannel experiences, like how the digital and the physical like interact, um, very kind of the intersection of like business and design and like innovating on your business model, um, and kind of cultivating a community that spreads organically. I think again, consumer brands are, are weird because like I think it's all, you know, you're op- you should be optimizing for word of mouth, like you you like that's that's how the best consumer brands sure. kind of grow the fastest. Um, and, and yeah, got it. Those are some good examples. Thank I got to check out the apparel company that you mentioned. Yeah. Uh, not a big outdoorsy <laughs> person, but, uh, could always use some nice yeah, clothes. Like, you want like a really high end designer axe there, 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 the body axe. no, no, like an axe, like an actual axe you'd bring on a campus. They have an axe. Yeah. They're very cool. Maybe for like, home security or yes, something. Yes, definitely. I feel like the baseball bat is, you know, so last century. Now we need the axe. Um, well, speaking of the axe, I think it's uh, time to uh, to end the podcast. But, uh, Ben, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate uh, you sharing your story. And, uh, you know, we've got uh, a lot of uh, aspiring entrepreneurs who, who watch the show. So uh, if you have any kind of parting words of advice in terms of how you got uh, kind of the guts to go for it or Mm -hmm. or any advice that you would give someone about potentially starting their own company. Uh, Maybe that would be a good place to leave it. I think like the idea you focus on is very important. And I think too many people are like into like entrepreneurship for sport these days. And I think it's like, everyone thinks it's like so easy to create like a direct to consumer brand and like come up with the hundred like deodorant and create a cool, brand identity around it. I don't think it's that easy. And so like what I like to tell people is like pay attention to what you pay attention to. Like what do you think about like when you're just thinking about what you want to think about? And those are these spaces you should explore. Um, and I think that's like like the idea matters a lot. And in order to find the right idea, it should be something that just like comes naturally to you that doesn't even feel like work almost. Um, and so that would be my advice. That's great advice. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Ben, so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me.